Hi, this is Denise Cooper, and welcome to my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I am so excited because I have started the new year off by completing my book. It's called Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change Results One Conversation at a Time. And it is from my heart. It is my gift to the world. It is filled with stories of my life, as well as how I've worked with other individuals, whether they were private clients or I worked for corporations, on how they were able to develop remarkable leaders, what it takes and how you navigate the politics in your organization that often get in the way of people working well together. I hope you'll get your copy. You can get it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon, online retailers, or wherever you get your books. Again, it's called Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change Results, One Conversation at a Time. And I wanna also shout out to C-Suite Network for continuing to host me on their network. It is the largest network dedicated to the development of great, remarkable leaders. And now, my next podcast guest. Robert Brown is a serial entrepreneur. He leads by doing and has learned that mindset drives behaviors. And if you want to create lasting change, you need to focus on your people's mindsets and beliefs. With him is Alexis Petros. She is on a mission to develop an environment where everyone wins and has the opportunity to develop a meaningful career. Did you know that most organizational cultures just happen with little forethought or guidance? But what if there was a way for leaders to see real data, pinpoint what matters, and understand what needs to be done in real time to achieve the performance goals that are in their strategic plans? The next question you have to ask yourself is, is if you had that data, that insight, and the understanding of what to do, would you use it? Robert Brown is the CEO and Alexis Petros is the Chief People Officer for LUMO. LUMO believes that what leaders need is actionable, timely data that tells the story of what matters and delivers the benefits of having great leaders and engaged employees. We talk all the time about what it would mean if our employees were engaged and our leaders could lead better. Well, today, listen and learn how they are helping CHROs and executives elevate the importance of employee engagement by delivering the kind of data that changes minds and delivers remarkable results. Good morning, Robert and Alexis. How are you? I am so thrilled to get a chance to talk to you guys today. So um, let's just dive right in. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you have this company, Alumo, and it is like rocking an idea in the HR space. So, Robert, tell me, what, what caused you, give me a little bit about your background, but why did you jump into this tech space in the HR field? Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm worse. Alexis and I are thrilled to be on your podcast this morning, and it's a a great opportunity. So first of all, thank you for inviting us to spend a little bit of time with you. Second of all, yeah, to go to the question, you know, as I built different organizations and companies, one of the most difficult things has always been is to grow the culture at scale. How do you grow, understand, know, and grow the culture at scale? And one of the most frustrating things 
within the HR space and, and HR community, and as we look to HR leaders, is you know leadership. What I understand as a CEO is I understand numbers. I understand numbers. I understand metrics. I understand you know the impact of those, how to make decisions based on those. But when it comes to human analytics and numbers about our people, those are almost non-existent. And that's essentially the problem that I was looking to try to fix mm -hmm. with Alumo because Alumo is a human analytics company. Mm -hmm. And our sole intent is to try to create and give, I, you know, good data equals good decisions. The yep. ability to make the right decision really comes from a deep understanding. Well, in order to get that insight, that traditional methodology has always been surveys. Right. And I personally believe almost, almost, you know, I'll, I'll leave a little room in there. Almost everything is wrong with surveys. Oh, what? Way, uh, yes, Absolutely. What Almost. in, wait a minute, <laughs> surveys is the backbone of, you know, first of all, the whole industry know employee engagement, but second, there, I don't know of an HR person that isn't quick to go, oh, we got to have a survey, what's wrong? Oh, well, we could probably spend the whole podcast talking about this, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it short and sweet, Okay. but when you, when you really think about it, you know, you look at a survey and what is a survey good at? Well, it's good at gathering high level information from your people about a, how they feel that one day, that one moment in time and gathering some high level insight in a one sided methodology. It's not a conversation. We're not getting deep level. We're not the ability to go have a, a deep level conversation. You and I, in order for me to understand you and how you feel, do you really think that I can assess that in a survey? Because the questions created were my questions. What we're talking about is what's important to me and how I look at it and our perceptions and the biases that we have on it as we create those. And they're one-sided single moments in time. So mm -hmm. if you contrast that, for example, to your, your financials, well, your financials are updated every single day. They're live, they're real time, they're, you can watch the trends, you can see the flow, you can see and understand and you know, predict what you need to do to address what's happening. Right, right, right. Well, a survey, how often, you know, it, it's funny because people went from the annual survey, right? Yep. And most organizations have recognized that those are completely ineffective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then they started thinking, well, one of the reasons why is because of timing. Yeah. So, you know, we need to do it more often. So let's do it a couple times a year. But even if you're doing quarterly surveys, which some organizations now feel like, hey, look, we're doing quarterly surveys. So you're telling me that you're going to base everything that your organization is doing off of insights it receives four times a year? How do you drive an organization like that? And that's exactly what we were trying to fix. We're like, well, the reason why good financial data is right. Again, it's because it's real time. I can see it. I can make decisions. It's there. It's, it's, it's available to me and it provides good direction. But when it comes to human analytics, why can't I get that same level of insight? Why yeah. can't I know today? So we're releasing this new policy or this new direction for the company. And we think it's really great and exciting. And we put it out there. Well, do I want to wait? 
to our next quarterly survey to figure out that everybody was completely misaligned with that and the whole organization is not behind it? And, or do I want to know today? Mm -hmm. Do I want to get the feedback surrounding that today? Mm-hmm. And that's what we tried to do is that, you know, with the, I call it the speed of change. Sorry, I will go on forever about this probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I really call it the speed of change because my ability as a leader to be successful is based, predicated upon having good data, good insight, good understanding so I can make the right decisions. Yeah. Well, I can't wait three months, six months. I can't be looking, you know, every survey is always in the rear view mirror. How am I supposed to drive the vehicle or drive the organization? Right. Three months, six months out the back. Right. I need to know what's happening today. I need to be able to predict what's coming in the future. Right. And that speed of change that organizations, I can't wait any longer. You know, it was nice back in, you know, 20 years ago when things moved nice and slowly in business and it was very methodical. Well, somebody's going to disrupt what you do tomorrow. And if you don't have the ability to adapt and change, and that ability again comes from insight and good information that's our whole goal. Yeah. Our whole goal is to deliver daily, real-time, actionable insight through a conversational, not surveys approach, where we in, we literally engage with people within the organization every single day and back and forth, anonymous conversations, and we do it over text because email doesn't work. Yep. And all of these different things, but our whole point is to give you the understanding you need to make the right decisions. Yeah, yeah. So, Alexis. And I'll little... try to pause. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Alexis, so, I mean, when I look at your LinkedIn profile, you mm-hmm. have had a, a really varied career and, you know, you, you, you've been with some really successful companies. This is a groundbreaking company kind of thing, which is pretty risky. Correct. Why, what attracted you to want to work here what what is you know what is that like what how did you make that decision well for me it really comes down to people and having that connection and giving back honestly to society a tool that i always wanted to have as a leader within global organizations myself mm-hmm. um, i had an opportunity to step away from work um, as a mother and spend time raising my children when they were babies. And I, you know, know that I have that opportunity was fortunate for me that not every working mother has. So for then me to decide to go back to work, um, I wanted to make sure that if I was taking time away from people that were so important in my life, my own family, that I was doing so to give back to other people and help people in what I did. Mm-hmm. So when I began um, looking at what opportunities could help me align with my personal goals of what I wanted to do professionally. Uh, You know, I had a a mutual um, connection with Robert who came up and said, you really need to see what, what they have going on over at Illumo. And for me, it was just like this instant click. It was, yes, this is what I all have always wanted. And working in global organizations is being able to gain that feedback and have conversations with, with, the employees, no matter where you are in the globe, in the world, what time zone that you're operating in to make the organization continuously tick. Mm -hmm. Because as companies have their own identities and their culture, 
their outward appearance is what we always hear is that people yep. are our most important assets. And if that's true, then we have to live it. We can't just have that lip, lip service. So if your employees within your culture are your biggest assets, then what are you doing to have conversations with your employees and your people to know what they're experiencing within your organization and how they can offer insights to improve where you're going mm -hmm. as you're making your way forward each mm -hmm. and every day. Mm -hmm. so, so it's interesting because you know, your background is not really in, in human resources. You're the chief people officer for this company. Mm -hmm. um, how has your background as a business person help you think about how you're going to, as Robert said earlier, grow a culture at, and scale a culture? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really important to have a, a total understanding of how the puzzle pieces fit in mm -hmm. uh, to an organization and how every department and people within those departments make up the totality of the culture. Mm -hmm. And when you're starting out in your career, the more opportunities you have and exposure that you have into different facets of the business, whether it be through finance or marketing or through HR, um, it's it's a wonderful opportunity because then you understand how each um, function of each department and how each person's role rolls up into a greater impact within the organization. No longer can we think of ourselves, our roles and our departments as um, compartmentalized in what we're, we're doing. Everything that you do has an equal action and reaction. Right. And how is that impacting the overall goal and results of the business of what we have as our visions going forward? Great, great. Hey, hey, Robert, just pivoting back to you for a minute. So clearly, because you, you know, you're one of the founders of this company, you understand the importance of HR, but you also are in the tech space, you know, because you're a tech company that just happens to service HR um, out of this, or at least that's the way I look at it. Most CEOs, most C-suite, whatever that is, um, don't get HR. And many of the HR people who are listening to this are all going to say, Alexis is so gifted and privileged because she works with somebody who gets it, not my CEO, not my director of. What, would you, what do you tell these folks when you're out talking to them about alumni and the function of HR? Well, yeah, you know, I think one of the powerful things about Alumo is it delivers insight and understanding that can help change mindsets and mm -hmm. beliefs. Mm -hmm. When we design the product, you know, I, I really, we took a design thinking approach and we said, you know, what are the, what are the outcomes that our software needs to create? And based on that, then you step back and say, okay, what are the behaviors and the mindsets that then we need to focus on and create? You know, and those were things like, you know, hey, you create employee engagement by actually engaging with your people. That's mm -hmm. one of the purpose, like, you know, we can't do a one-sided survey and call that engagement. Mm -hmm. That's not engaging for me to send you a survey via email and ask for your response. That's not mm -hmm. engagement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so we looked at those core components. But I think, you know, if I was to sum up kind of what we're talking about a little bit here is that 
you know, everything you do within a company is all about delivering the business results. Right. And, you know, we have a statement that, you know, we're, we deliver human analytics, but the purpose is to drive your business results. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously when I opened up, I, I mentioned, you know, we understand numbers. One of the things that's been a big struggle for HR is to deliver quantifiable numbers because we're talking about human sentiment. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was the key, I think, to what and why we created what we did is that we measure 60 unique aspects because, you know, every survey says that, look, my experience as an employee um, at your organization, my employee experience is really my day to day experience. It's my experience when I come in, how I interact with my manager. Obviously, that's a big part of it, but it's everything. It's do I have a friend and do I feel like I'm, I have psychological safety and do I feel like there's biases or prejudices or you know, all these different things, everything about my experience with your organization. Mm-hmm. So that's why we learn very quickly that, you know, well, then we need to measure that. We need to quantify that. So what is that experience? You know, and I, I kind of contend with people a little bit not intentionally, but what I mean is that they say, well, you can't quantify, you can't measure culture. Right. And I believe that to some level, but at okay, the same so, time, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, pull that apart. But at the same time, I think you can quantify a lot of the individual aspects of what are creating that overall culture. Um, and that's what we did. Okay. You know, so we have 60 plus unique aspects, everything from, you know, preventative things like addressing, you know, sexual harassment or bullying or workplace violence, you know, all of those types of things to psychological safety and my mental health and all of that. So we're measuring and asking and engaging consistently with the organization in conversations, not surveys, about all of these individual aspects. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it delivers the power and the insight and understanding I, I think it was Steve Jobs that says, once you understand a problem, you're 95% of the way or something like that to solving the problem. Right. And I really, truly believe that. Yeah. It's that good insight and good understanding of what the causes are. You know, you're seeing this, this, you know, hey, I've got this team. I have these problems within the team. If you can really understand those, then you're in a great position to, to, uh, to take action yeah. on it and to solve that. Yeah. And that's where as a, you know, I think the executive level, frankly, what we need from HR, we need tools like this. We need data. We need insight. We need the ability. And I'll, I'll share with you one quick story. I had an HR leader about in tears. Um, it was about, well, it was just before Christmas. And they were talking with me and I said, you know, hey, how are things going? Because I like to interact with our clients and get some feedback. And, and she was about in tears with me. And I says, you know, what's going on? And she says, well, you were able to do what I had been trying to do for years. And I said, what was that? And she says, you were able to elevate the level of importance for all of these initiatives and everything I'm doing within HR with the executive team. I could never do it on my own. And I said, well, what, what was the difference? And she frankly said exactly this when they were able to see the numbers and it was visualized for them, it was like 
the first time they could actually connect with it. Mm -hmm. And when they could see, hey, we're struggling, we're doing really well as a company in these areas. But now they're looking, of course, right at the bottom and uh, the bottom of the charts and saying, oh, well, why are we struggling there? And what's happening with this team? And what's going on there? We need to fix this, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're fixers. They fix Mm -hmm. problems. Mm -hmm. And in order to fix the problem, they have to be able to see it. Yeah. And yeah. it has to be something more than, hey, I feel like, you know, from the HR leader, unfortunately, a lot of things and they're right on target. Hey, I think we really need to solve this within the company. Well, where's the data? Where's the insight? Where's the proof? Where's the quantification? Yeah, and, and unfortunately, without that stuff, you know, everyone in the senior executive is all about uh, prioritization. Correct. And the things that get prioritized is what you're just talking about. That which I can clearly see a connection that is impacting my business. That's not right. hearsay. I need to see how this is because I got plenty of numbers in front of me. <laughs> and unless you can connect that dot, then I don't understand why I should elevate. I may personally believe that That's it's right. an important issue. I do believe, and I don't think there's, there's anybody who hires people who don't, doesn't understand that you need people to connect with um, your customers, because through the connections of your customers, that's how you get um, their dollars. I mean, after all, that's the purpose of a business. Um, so, so being able to bring them that real-time data, like sales data, like financial data, and allowing them to connect the dots between my sales and my financials and the customer engagement scores, put them all together in one place, it's got to be pretty Pretty easy to tell a story, right, Alexa? Uh, Yes, absolutely. One of the um, great impacts that I see through the platform of what we're able to provide uh, our clients is when you do have a limited source set of financial resources that you can um, distribute within the organization, the Illumo tool allows you to see where you should put those in in the human analytics side and in the HR side. we might think in the executive level that our problem is A, but when we have conversations with the people on the front lines, it might show and prove to us that our problem is actually something far down along the line right. that we didn't even truly see and understand. Mm-hmm. So we just, as leaders, need to have the full picture before we decide where to spend our time and resources and what we want uh, to move forward within the organization so that we yeah. can ensure that what we're doing really provides uh, the, the impact that we need to be successful. Yeah, so, so that brings us down to the op- oper- um, operationalizing this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So clearly you guys have the data, you use the data with your employees, et cetera. How do you, Alexis, use this data in recruiting? and compensation. I mean, setting up the policies, how does it inform you as a senior HR person on where to spend your time? Because, you know, executives have very little time and very big problems. What's wonderful about the data that we gather is how you can then choose to see that data and slice and dice the views. So you can really understand Uh, what departments have the greatest needs, what locations, what teams, what teams need to be moved around. Maybe there's a problem in leadership. Do we need to train up that leader? 
Uh, do we need to see if they're better fit with a different team? So you can work through issues that you're having because you can see them. And as it's a fluid movement of data, as soon as you do something that uh, can, can drive change and improving that problem, you see if that decision was the right decision or not, because your feedback is continuing to come through you know, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So you can then pivot as Robert stated before and uh, have that, that speed of change yeah. to then address the issue before it becomes too difficult to address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the hardest conversation, as you know, or the hardest conversations I ever had was a senior HR person was that conversation when the manager had left, let it go to the point where now it's rocking the organization. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, nobody wants to fire anybody. It's the toughest thing to do. So if you can get a, kind of a preemptive warning about things and then change the trajectory of a leader's behavior in the workplace, um, that's got to be that's got to be very valuable. Yes, Robert? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that I, I was going to say that's like nailed it right on the head is that, you know, unfortunately with many of the tools that HR has at its disposal today, you end up fighting fires because the sparks, you're not able to identify the sparks mm -hmm. that create the flames that create the raging fires within teams, departments, or different issues that are going on. Right. And I think that that's really, you know, that's where that daily insight, as we gather, you know, they talk about pulses. Hey, let's go grab a pulse once every few weeks about this or that. Well, what we really tried to do is put the whole thing on autopilot because the other thing we've learned is HR is so overwhelmed. They are such a, doing such an amazing job, but they get little recognition for it. So I want to just first shout out to, you know, it's almost like the front lines of every organization is are these HR teams and HR individuals. And so thank you for all of the amazing work you're doing to affect the people and the lives within your organizations. And I think that that's why so many people get into HR. And unfortunately, then later it becomes, oh, well, it's just about process and procedure and getting things done. Well, you know, I, I challenge you to stay out there and, and to be able to stay in the forefront of leading and guiding and directing that. Mm -hmm. And where that I think really becomes possible is that with the data that we deliver, you know, so many times I hear the conversation about, hey, I'm trying to get a seat at that executive table. I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. have, have my, you know, have my views and what's going on, you know, listen to. Well, from my perspective, one of the best ways to do that is, to, again, to speak their language. Mm -hmm. That language is data, numbers, and insight that mm -hmm. I can quantify and I can make decisions based on. And if you can deliver that type of insight to the organization, that's what they need. Mm -hmm. That's where they'll then be turning to you to help guide those decisions if you have that right insight. But if you don't and you sit back without the ability to really bring something of value to the organization, then that's where, unfortunately, you know, I'll, I'll just say it, that you end up in a position where you are where you are because you're not taking some of those steps to deliver that value to the organization. And, and that's where I believe more and more executives are, are turning and recognizing the value of their people. And the recognizing the value of growing their culture is the way, you know, how else are you going to attract and retain and engage your people, all the different components? Well, it comes through driving a human experience that people want to be part of, that mm -hmm. human experience at work. And your 
in HR, you're at the forefront of that. That's, that's, you own that. And you're like, so critical. That is the key to the organization. And the great, uh, great news, I believe, again, is that executives are learning that, Mm -hmm. but they don't know how and what to do about it. And they haven't had a way to to see, quantify and measure it. So it makes sense to them. And if we can deliver that, then I think we're in a really good position to help elevate, you know, the strategic value of HR. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And it's, you know, we, we're constantly saying HR needs to understand the numbers, understand the numbers, understand the numbers. And this allows them to get that number. So I want to dig a little bit deeper just for a minute or so, because I know we're running close to the end of the time with, you know, one of the conversations, one of the problems that is forefront in our uh, psyche right now is this idea of diversity and inclusion, inclusion and belonging, really. Um, and so tell us, tell me a little bit or tell me a story in which the way you presented the data or the way the data is presented helps a, a leader understand this connection of inclusion and belonging in the workplace. Yeah, um, agreed. Such a, you know, it, it's interesting. It's one of, of course, we have numerous metrics surrounding mm-hmm. this, right? And how to assess and identify it. And I I think it it really goes back to that same thing is that if you want to raise the level of knowledge and understanding and raise the level of importance and impact of where this is within your organization, then you need to let your people tell those stories. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen is that when we're able to create through, you know, we ask, we ask very open, very direct, candid conversations about this in an anonymous feedback where people can feel safe to mm-hmm. share that. Mm-hmm. And we go back and forth there. Again, it's a back and forth conversation via text, not an AI bot or anything like that. We're people to people, right? We're a people mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. And as we have those conversations, the things that I've seen impact the hearts and minds of the executive teams and the direction, the strategic direction is once they can see and feel that empathy for those within that position. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's out of mind, out of sight, out of, they're not connected with it in many ways mm-hmm. normally. And when I can have a conversation about, with you mm-hmm. about how this is impacting you, Mm -hmm. what the reasons for that are. Mm -hmm. And we can have a really impactful conversation. And now I can then take that conversation and share it with the executive team and say, you know, we all think we know what's going on. Yeah. But here's, let's listen. Yeah. The front lines of the organization on their experience and what they're doing and how they feel about this. I've seen nothing that's more able to change the hearts and minds of the executives again of once they can see and start to gain that empathy well you gain that from that those personal conversations again and that's where I believe our tool is so helpful is that it's that type of human connection that level of empathy that you need to get to in order to really commit right and then change and commit to the change, not a checkbox exercise. Unfortunately, I feel like so many organizations right now, they're out there, they're taking actions, which is great, but they're taking it because they know that they need to, but they're not really sure why. Right. And so they're doing something or the end result of what they're going to get. And that's where we help them to recognize. And I say, (laughs) it's one of my favorite statements lately, is that 
it, you can't move the needle if you don't have a needle. Yeah. And if you don't have a way to quantify that experience mm -hmm. surrounding diversity and equity and inclusion mm -hmm. and all these mm -hmm. different components, mm -hmm. if you don't have a way to measure that, then how do you have any idea mm -hmm. about if the actions you're taking, the training, the things you're doing, are they just check boxes for today and this year? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to create lasting change? And are we going to move the needle and change the organization? Well, if you can't see it, again, that's one of the biggest struggles is we do all kinds of different things. But if you don't have a way to quantify it, then the executive team is like, well, oh, you want 20,000 to go do this and this training and that type of thing. Well, what impact are we going to see? Right. This lets us the targeted and pinpoint. So mm -hmm. Alexa, from a, from a point of you know, you're now the HR person who's seeing this data and whether it's, you know, diversity and inclusion and, and, or inclusion and belonging, you know, it could be mental health because you guys have a mental health spectrum that goes into this. Mm -hmm. but what, what would you tell your, and so I've met a lot of HR people who they just struggle with that conversation of that one leader or that one department or that one group of folks who, are, have, are, are leading a function where the data now says, we got a problem in here. Mm -hmm. What would be one or two things that you would help them, tell them and help them navigate that conversation to a successful conclusion? So the first thing that I would suggest is to go back to your people because you want to include them in the process if you're going to have an inclusive work environment. So one thing that we do at Alumo is that we capture those conversations. Mm -hmm. So while they are hundred percent anonymous, those leaders can go back in and then really understand and see what their, what that team is feeling and is ex and experiencing more so than just a number attached. Mm -hmm. So you can really understand um, the issues. And then when you look at addressing and moving forward for change, you need to make sure that uh, your process in doing so, uh, it is right for that team. There isn't a one size fits all solution for everybody. Um, <clears throat> every team, every culture, when you look at uh, a large global corporation or even within the United States, how you might approach things in different geographical locations based on their own cultures of what we see within the United States might be different. So to, to make sure that you're taking those right steps forward, you need to include the team in the process so that they can then take ownership of, of the movement forward, of that training that you're rolling out, of the, the solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we're all people and we're not going to change our behaviors unless we decide for ourselves that it's what's best for us and the people around us. So we're if we are not included in that process and it right. feels forced, we're not going to own it. Yeah. And, and it also sounds like you guys take a, a stance of the data and the power of the data will make the change in folks. And so does that mean that you don't have, um, you know, you don't make, how do you include it in your performance management, your compensation process so that people get the message you know, is it just out because the data changes people's hearts and then you add the training or at least some coaching or conversations and you haven't yet gotten to that. But, you know, one thing people, you know, we, we still live in a punishment oriented culture. Do something bad, we're going to punish you. 
Um, and that, and many of the HR processes are punishment oriented. That's mm -hmm. my opinion, not yours, but that's my opinion is their punishment or do something bad. We're going to take it away from your compensation, do something bad. We're going to cut your hours. Um, mm -hmm. If you're the frontline person, but so help me draw through solutions and, and how do you help a company who now sees that they've got, you know, three, four, five, six, eight departments where, um, you know, these personalized issues of inclusion, belonging, mental health, um, burnout mm -hmm. are a problem. Right. So we are very much a technology company, as you stated um, at the beginning of our conversation. And we, we have decided and have taken the approach of, of staying in that lane um, as a technology company. But what we do for our clients to offer the best solutions for them is we partner with experts um, in the fields of diversity, equity, inclusion, of mental health, uh, in leadership training. And we point them in, in different directions of what could be helpful uh, to them specifically, because each organization based on the size and the resources that they have is going to be different in what their needs based are. Uh, so that's um, where we really work and focus on, on helping them identify the right tools for them to move forward. Robert, would you, you have something you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I think from, you know, that perspective, when they, when companies are really struggling with, you know, very intense issues, and we've identified those, and they're like, well, wow, what do we do about it, then we really have a whole set and a marketplace of these great resources. Um, I, I will steer back a little bit, though, to the to the question from a one of the amazing things that I really think this helps is as you're having that difficult conversation, you know, being able to focus on the numbers and the data versus the individual, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting down with that leader and their team is struggling and we can see it evident in the data, what it does is it gives us a really good way to have a conversation about what's going on in the department, separating it from directly, you know, hey, you know, this person, this is your problem, your fault. And like you said, coming at it from a punishment standpoint, well, now we have numbers and data that are, it's not, hey, here's what I think, here's what I've heard, your team's struggling. Well, now we have actual data that shows where we're at. Well, now we can work together on the, on the solutions and driving different ideas and initiatives surrounding how, to, what do you think, how, where does this come from? Where do you think, why do you think we're having and seeing conversations like this and what could be contributing to that? And we start to have this productive conversation about the data and the conversations and the things that are happening and I can separate it from the individual right I, I think it's one of the most powerful ways that we can have that conversation because you're right you know they we need to address the things that are going on but we need to do that by coaching and elevating the leaders and, and using it as training moments. Well, when we can point to hey here's this data here's these conversations it's not hey, individual leader, what's going on? Why is this happening in, within your department? And it gives us a way to coach that I think is very, very strategic. Wow. So this has been good. And as I said before, we're coming up, we're, we're at the end of our hour uh, or half hour time frame. Or oh, no. Frame. I know, I know, I know, I know. It just, it's always this way. Um, you know, just kind of wrap up a little bit. You know, if you're sitting across the table um, either one of you from a leader who's like sitting on the fence 
you know, I've heard this before. Your story is the same as everybody else's. This stuff is too big. Um, and right now I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I'm just trying to keep my doors open. Yeah. What would you tell them? One, one or two things. My statement is um, similar to a another conversation I had with a CEO and he's running a property management company where, you know, his company is the hotel maintenance staff and everything they run and manage all of these different hotels. And they're in a horrendous, you know, downturn of course, within that industry. And I was shocked that they prioritize spending money on a Lumo right now. Mm -hmm. And so I called him up and I said, you know, why, why did you do this? And he said, look, what I recognized very quickly was, is that the only way I'm going to succeed is if I actually truly know what's happening at each one of my individual properties. Mm. And right now I get a filtered effect through my leadership, but I need to know and understand what's happening at the very front lines, what's impacting them. We're the only way we're going to be successful is bottom line to come together and create a team and work very closely together. And in order to do that, I need the right insight. Yeah. That's, and for that organization, it was very interesting because here they are going through all of this and, you know, a, a lot of the comments were, you know, Hey, we haven't seen raises in all this time. And so he got on and as part of the platform, he, he made an announcement and says, hey, look, one of the things I'm seeing, and this is like in the first week because we get data immediately. And he saw this common thread and this common theme about this level of frustration. And he went in there and he addressed it head on. And he said, look, I recognize that this is an issue and I know we haven't done as good of a job at taking this. It's also a very difficult time for us to do this, but here's my exact plan. And here's when I'm going to commit to you to do this and this and this. You would not believe the change that that organization has seen as they now start getting these direct conversations. They feel that their voice is heard. They're being listened to. Those people are so, they want that company to succeed. It's their, it's their livelihoods too. Right. And it, when you can create that, that team and the sense of, hey, we're in this together and we're listening and let's work and you have a great idea late. Great. Let's go get it done. If you can create that's you know, that's that culture that organizations are driving towards. Yeah. But it Desire comes more from, than anything. That's right. So if you're going to, if you're struggling, especially right now. Mm-hmm you need to make the right decisions. And when it comes to your people and culture, then you need to get the data that will help you to make that right decision and the insights that you need to be successful. Okay. So how do people get a hold of you guys? So great way is they can certainly go to our website at olumo, O-L-U-M-O.com. Right. Or they can also reach out to me on, uh, on LinkedIn is a great place. So just Robert Brown and with Alumo and Alexis. And uh, myself as well. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. So Alexis uh, Vrotsis, and that's V as in Victor, R-O-T-S-O-S for my last name. And um, we'd be happy to have a conversation with you in regards to what your interests are around what we're doing. Yeah. And, and we're a communication company. We love, we love to have <laughs> conversations. <laughs> and, and, you know, I will even encourage uh, the HR because you were so gracious, Alexis, um, and, um, you know, talking with me and going back and forth and you were at my book uh, launch and the whole thing. 
but I also found that you're a very giving person. And so if there's HR people who are listening on to this and you're just struggling with the conversation of how to, how to use, um, how, how this potential use of pulse surveys and a different way of thinking about moving the needle or having the conversation with your CEOs, you've been a great resource to me. And, and I really do appreciate um, the giving attitude that you have and that you're willing to step up and share with individuals because having, having somebody you can bounce that conversation off of, it's really important. You know, I always say practice before you do, the more you practice, the better you'll do um, out of it. And so, you know, you, you've just been, I, I want to thank you uh, for being the kind of person who really will help people shape that conversation, see where it's going. And uh, folks, I know, I know, I know you want, you've got like 20 questions, send them in. Um, and I will definitely will figure out a way to answer your questions, not just about alumno, but all the things that are going to help you close the gap, particularly on leadership in 2021. So with that, see ya. Hey, that's a wrap. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. Please leave comments below. I'd love to know what you're thinking. If you liked it, share it. If you didn't like it, share it, because I guarantee it was going to start a conversation that will help you close the gap. I want to thank the C-Suite Radio Network for hosting my podcast. It is the largest network dedicated to the growth and development of leaders worldwide. I'd also like to um, thank Ivan G. Hall for the music that you are currently enjoying. Hey, check him out. He's really a great musician. And finally, I have two other requests. One is, please, please, please leave a review on this, either on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcast. And the other is, don't forget, please look up my book, Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change Results, One Conversation at a Time, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble uh, in paperback, as well as Kindle version. Kindle version. And with that, it's a wrap. Talk to you next week. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.